Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me today, Mr. Joshua Humphreys. I'm back. He's back. Just for back. a little. And wearing a Missouri hat with a fishing hook on it. That's mm-hmm. my brother's. How sports-like you are. Well, Sportsman-like. Humphreys Farm and Shop established 2020. Oh, how exciting is my that? My brother made a logo. How about that? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yes. Well, today on the Understanding Jesus podcast, we are going to be looking at the book of Joshua. Mm-hmm. And there's some some really good stuff in, mm-hmm. in Joshua. We'll draw some truths from God's word as he's dealing with Joshua, as he's moving the people into the promised land. Uh, we covered some of the Psalms and Proverbs. And uh, as always, which is always fun in our reading plan, because the Psalms go everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. one Psalm, it's like, God, you're so good. And life is so amazing. The next Psalm, it's like, why is my life so awful? And God, are you even there? Do you even care about me? And so uh, we'll be looking at Psalms, but also spending time in the Gospel of Luke uh, mm-hmm. as we see Jesus spending time with his disciples and sharing some really, really life-altering things with his people. These we'll be dealing with some words in red, uh, the the words of Jesus himself as we talk today about some of the things that are going on, dealing with cynicism in mm-hmm. the church, and also uh, taking on a couple of questions that uh, actually are my questions. So uh, all that and more up ahead on this edition of Understanding Jesus. I'm looking at a passage in Psalm, Psalm 40 to be exact, Psalm 40, and uh, starting with verse 6, it says, You do not delight in sacrifice and offering. You open my ears to listen. You do not ask for a whole burnt offering or a sin offering. Then I said, see, I have come in the scroll. It is written about me. I delight to do your will, my God, and your instruction is deep within me. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. See, I do not keep my mouth closed. As you know, Lord, I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. And I, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I read Desiring God years ago, a book by John Piper. And one of the things that stood out to me was that it wasn't, it was really transformative in that I realized that loving God, desiring God is not just about me not doing immoral things or abstaining from immoral acts or refusing to be unethical, but, but desiring God is about, um, it's about being, um, it's it's about loving him and, and he uses a connection with our spouses and or people that we love and so forth in our lives that uh, that it's not enough just to not hurt them but they but they expect us to want to be with them and mm-hmm. desire to be with them and so forth it's not uh it's not just uh saying hey i never committed adultery against you so <laughs> you're welcome right you know but but that i enjoy eating with you i enjoy going play. and you know if your spouse asks you you know um hey if you could do anything you wanted to do be anywhere you wanted to be where would you be and if you say anywhere but with you obviously then that's not helpful I, you know i was with a group of people and we asked if you could do anything and be anywhere and money's not an object, and relationships are not, not an issue or whatever, just wherever your heart desired you to be doing whatever you wanted, uh, what would it be? And I was kind of anticipating, because it's a discipleship group, that they would be, you know, that they would share a ministry desire that they had. Yeah. But the first guy was like, I'd like to be an ice road trucker. <laughs> and uh, and you're like, wow, that was not where I thought this was going to go. And But what, what it reveals is that sometimes we think that... Um, 
we if if you if you ask yourself that question honestly, and people always say, well, if I'm just being honest, yeah, which means that I figured you wanted me to lie to you, but I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I um, I I think that when we are honest in that answer, and the answer is not being with God or doing ministry or then then it's then it's a result of us not having spent time with him. I think the more time we spend with the Lord in fact when I'm when I meet people and they are in despair, I know this. I know you are not with the Lord. I know when you have when you dwell in darkness, when you are experiencing life in the darkness, then that means that you are you have nothing to draw from. So when you're like, I'm just feeling really bad today or I, or my heart's filled with despair, or I'm feeling this way, or whatever, I can actually be very clear and say, well, then you're not in right. his presence. Mm-hmm. Because when we are in the presence of the Lord, when we are actually enjoying his goodness, he, it's like you know, when you're in love. When you're in love, you can't hide it. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, I, I don't have any money. I didn't eat today. Yeah, I, right, you know, everything right. is bad in the world, but I feel amazing yeah. because I'm with this amazing person and they're so funny and it's just a joy to be around them. And my heart is filled with joy. And that's what love does. I mean, when we have with the emotion of it anyway. And so when we're in, when in the presence of God and enjoying his presence and, and filled with the spirit, I, it doesn't, you know, he raises our countenance and so forth. And and not to say you would be that way, you know, cut my arm off and still I'm so happy. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. But it is, but it's still, a, a, you know, when life would normally be. Um, but the people that are in despair that come to me, they didn't just cut their arm off either. Right. They're just, just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And bad days usually come as a result of not being in the light. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, um, I think we, when we are in that place of despair, that's why we hate people who have that joy. And we yeah. start looking for people to commiserate with. Uh, I see this in the church all the time. Oh, yeah. People are like, I hate that sermon. And so you don't want to be around people who go, well, no, the Lord really spoke to me today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I got to find someone else to talk to, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're, you're out, uh, you lousy jerk, because you're <laughs> all in love with Jesus or yeah, whatever right. the case or whatever. But, uh, but this, it's, and it's not to say that you need to fake it. It's just to recognize it, to recognize mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It's like when I tell people you haven't had enough sleep. That's why you feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm. It's to recognize, you know, you're right. I haven't had enough sleep. <laughs> right. Uh, and so it's like you're right. I'm not. I'm not enjoying his presence. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending time with him. And people are always like, so what do I need to do? It's like, uh, spend Just time with him. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So take time to spend with him. Go devote devote your morning to being with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to do that because we feel mm-hmm. awful. Yeah, it is. and so it's like it's like, and we don't like to accept that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just gonna feel awful until you correct this. Mm-hmm. Same, it, you know, it's like um, um, loving the Lord your God with all yeah. your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, that is when you love Him with all every part of who you are. Uh, then He He adjusts you and makes you what you need to be in order to um, in order to feel better. Yeah, um, and so the the emotions are just simply reflective of what's going on, your emotions are reflective of your behavior, meaning your behavior is causing you to feel this way. I don't eat right, I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep right, I feel a certain way. I don't love correctly, I feel a certain way. The way I behave comes from where my heart is. Mm-hmm. If I do not desire to be with God, then I'm going to behave in a way that is in opposition to him. Right. And then that behavior then results in those 
consequential emotions. So anyway, so it all goes back to having a heart that desires God. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I'm going to kind of tie into that as well with like when you are desiring and there's just nothing happening. Um, So mine's in Proverbs. My second one's in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 13, 12. And this is what it says. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And this is so true. Um, and it's not always a bad thing. Uh, I think when I read this first um, and I was reading it and I just read that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I'm thinking of, you know, well, maybe maybe the hope is in something else. Maybe the hope is in a person. Maybe the hope is in. I don't know, a job, maybe, I don't know what the, what your hope could be in, or maybe your hopes in death, or I don't know, but what this means, I, I was looking into the words of it, like in the Greek, or I mean, I guess the Hebrew of it, I was just like, what is, what is this really saying, and so basically, expectation prolonged makes the heart weak, that's kind of a more literal translation as well, but um, yeah, so whatever it may be it may be something that you you have hope for that's good but when it is deferred when it is prolonged when it is taking time it does make your heart weak like it does make you sick to your stomach like and just like i don't want to be here i'm ready to move on i'm you know all this stuff and it does it makes you feel so bad and i wanted to talk about that with my life like where i have been since i was 13 i remember laying in my bed and praying god please send me people, send me friends, send me a new life. Like really like make me this new creation that you always say, send me people to pour their life into me. And not that he hasn't done that in small ways in the past 10 years, but like with this new, um, this new residency that I'll be moving to here at the end of the month, everything, all of this hope that I've had for 10 years and knowing that God will deliver at some point because that's who he is, Mm -hmm. like everything that I prayed for and things that I didn't pray for, but I've always thought about and desired after, like down to the T, God is just blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. Like so many things, like wanting to live in the middle of nowhere and like, and be in that life again and just like slowing down, things like that and having like these four men who were the elders of this church, like all of them pouring into me to turn me into a a better person and for me to be honest and seek truth with them. And then now I have these other interns and residents who like I'm already building a community with like just all of this stuff down to like small little details that God, like I have been steadfast and praying for for 10 years and then he blesses it. And I also want to point out as well, as long as this is, as well the other part of this says but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life and i don't know what the lord is trying to show me in this understanding because my question has to do with being a cynic as well but Mm -hmm. we're so cynical like i I don't know why i mean i do we're sinful but Mm -hmm. i'm talking about like i don't know in bible belt southern baptist culture we're very cynical people like very condemning of ourselves very condemning of other people we try to view sin the way that God does and we do it so bad we're just so cynical mm-hmm. even to the point where we hear messages about blessing and God's goodness and about um him making us into this new beautiful creation we're like oh those people theology suck like yeah. but uh, you know we just we just are so condemning but like this is what proverbs this is the word of God a desire fulfilled is a tree of life right that is good and i remember all the i mean 
I was in college ministry and there's this one verse that's like, no one is good. No, not one, which we, I still believe that I'm not docking that at all, but we're always like, man, the desires that I have are horrible. Rid them of me. Like, just like, right. And this thing, but as you love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your strength, and you love people, you begin to have the desires that God has. Like you have good things that he gives you a spirit. He gives us an essence of who we are and he makes us into what he wants us to be. So he gives you a desire for me to sing. He gives me a desire to teach. He gives me a desire to welcome people in and talk to them about their life. These are good things. He's given me a desire to have a healthy church community where I can go and I can bear burdens and I can like all of this stuff. These are good things that he desires for his people. And a lot of the times we're just like, Oh, woe is me. Life is horrible. I'm miserable. And then we sit there for years and years and years. And so church people who are listening to this podcast, it's okay to desire things that God wants for you. It's okay. Get rid of that false humility where you're just like, oh, I'm miserable in life, but it's okay because I'm enduring. And it's like, stop. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be filled with the Lord and do what he asks. Be obedient. Right. Love him with your heart, soul, mind, and your strength read his word, spend time with him. And when he does that, when he, um, like what is saying, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you are in the sick moment, but you're still being obedient for me, 10 years, mm. 10 years of prayer and wanting and wanting things that God wants. And then when he fulfills that desire, right. I'll tell you, I mean, I hope you can hear it in my voice. I am beyond joyful and beyond amazed at what he does. You know, it's in its Psalm. What is it? One? 43 or something. I will wait for you. This patience with the Lord, Lord, I will wait for you. And as long as you are keeping me and holding me and when that times comes that you do fulfill, I am more in love with you than ever before. And it's like church people who are listening, keep hoping in God because I mean, hope deferred and and prolonged. It is hard. It, It makes things hard, but know where your hope lies in the God that never changes the God who says he's with you and the God who does bless his people. That's what he does. And, and so I'm also saying, church, don't be so cynical about who God is. Mm. Don't just see them as this this judge who is going to kill you for not reading your Bible if you <laughs> forgot yesterday to read it. But, like, he's a loving God and a gracious God and a God who gives good gifts to his children. Like, he is a loving father. See him for who he is and see you for who he's made you to be and love him. And when you love him, like we were just saying, with your heart, mm. with your soul, with your mind, your strength, he blesses you. And it's okay to accept the blessing of God. It's not sinful to be like oh i don't deserve this i'm so humble like stop let him bless you and and rejoice in that and it's so beautiful and i think that we would do good to to look at god's goodness instead of his wrath all the time i mean you need both i'm not saying that but man look at if if the psalm you're reading like and these psalms that we're reading this week where he where david's like god you are good and the people around me are are horrible lord protect me like He sees God for who he truly is. Learn to love God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind and your strength. And when that happens, you love people, you love life because he's blessed you with it, right? Yeah. And now I'm thinking of, of Paul in the book of Philippians, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't know what it is about us, Southern Baptist, Bible Belt people. We always focus on that to die is gain part. We're always like, yeah, I can't wait to die. Yeah. But that first part, to live is Christ. Like, we can have joy here. Christ reversed the curse. Like, we have joy here yeah. on earth, like love him. And when you love him, like, man, your life is a crazy adventure and it's fun and it's scary. And it's, it's just, it's filled with God. And when things are filled with God, there's, 
there's no way that you can avoid blessing. Yeah, and I feel like I'm now going to take us in a completely opposite oh, direction. No. <laughs> That's okay. It does follow along, but I, I, it, it, all, it all balances out. Uh, but as uh, Jesus talking about <laughs> Jesus, uh, when he said uh, to his followers, he said, um, he um, he strictly warned and instructed them to tell no one. Uh, they they said he asked his disciples, he said, "Who do people say I am?" Mm-hmm. And Peter confessed that, uh, and he said, "Who do you say that I am?" And they said, "You know, you're that p- other people are saying you're John the Baptist, Elijah, reincarnated, or whatever." And um, and Jesus said, well, who you say I am? And, and Peter says, you're the Christ. Um, and he says, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep that to yourselves. Uh, but then he said to them, Any, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself. Mm. For whoever's ashamed to be in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and that of the Father and the holy angels. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Um, and uh, that's one of the questions I'm going to deal with here in a little bit, But the um, so we'll save it for them. But uh, <laughs> the, um, the, the thing here is, is that, uh, you know, when we, we talk about denying ourselves, um, Denying ourselves is the hallmark of what it means to be a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Absolutely. And so when he comes to Peter and James and John, they're fishermen. They're doing what they and and when he calls them, they leave what they are doing mm-hmm. and they go with him. Um and and that's I think that's one of the things that we fail to recognize so often is that some of us never get out of the boat. Right. Jesus comes and we don't re- realize well, he came, but then he left, and mm-hmm. you didn't go with him. Right, you know right. It, that you're still doing what you were doing before. Mm-hmm. It's like you listened to what he was saying. Oh, that's really cool, but you're still here. You didn't go with right. him, and uh, and following Jesus starts with that denial of myself. And mm-hmm. if you have not ever done that, well, that's why it's not working. That's mm-hmm. why you don't feel any yeah. different or better, is because. You're still the same you were before. I, it, it's supposed to be transformative. It's supposed to be. I mean, really, the the thing is, is that you know people long for meaning and purpose and uh, and desire to be loved. Um, and and deep down, they hope that death can be overcome, but they're seriously doubting that. Mm-hmm. They're seriously thinking that no, this is going to be the end of everything. Uh, and the truth is that if you are only going to, if it deep in your heart, you believe that you only live once, then yeah, then this is it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. a lot of despair comes from of that, oh my goodness, this is all my life is going to be. Um, and, and you're right in that. It shouldn't be that. Uh, the, the thing that this, you mentioned the cynicism of the South and, and mm-hmm. the Bible Belt, and it's everywhere. Yeah. The, the cynicism comes in. In that uh, we say that we're we're hoping for heaven, um, but the reality is, the God we're serving today is the same God we're going to mm-hmm. serve in heaven. Yeah, the same joy He gives us today, same joy He gives in heaven. Right. The battle is on not focusing on what the world gives us here, but focusing on the Christ who we are with here. And and learning to look at him mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at all the things that are going. I'm always drawn to that, you know, where Peter is walking on water. 
and uh, Jesus calls him out of the boat. And while he, because I, I can visualize this in my mind, while he is looking at Jesus, everything is great. And he steps out of the boat in confidence. Mm-hmm. He's walking on water. Yeah. I mean, that's just not possible <laughs> unless you're looking in the face right. of the one who makes it possible. Mm-hmm. The moment he stopped looking at that face, the moment he started looking at the things around him, he sank. Mm-hmm. And then he cries out for help, which is the proper response. Yeah. And understand that is a microcosm of every day. Yeah. When yeah. we when we are walking with when we're looking at Jesus, we're on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And when we take our eyes off of him, we sink. And if we're smart, we'll cry for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because he can save us and he pulls us out. And and he's like and he's looking at us going you took your eyes off me. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. said, you started thinking about everything else. Right. And, and this is the lesson. You know, this is the lesson that we learn as toddlers, as children. That's why we, when we come to the kingdom, we come as, as children. Uh, if someone even takes one minute, um, they should be, uh, you know, it, it, it should be, um, if someone takes one minute of our life away from us, you know, then... We should be so upset if this is all there is. Mm-hmm. But if I believe it goes on for all eternity, then I can give you a minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can give that time to you. And so part of our the struggle we have in life is the reason why I don't want to deny myself is because I believe this is all I have. Mm-hmm. And if I deny myself, then what do I got? You know, um, the um, a lot of times people talk about heaven because not because they're hopeful but because they're hopeless mm-hmm. and they have nothing else but that. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, uh, but that's, but that's not what Christ is, is saying here. He's saying, if you deny your, if you truly deny yourself, mm-hmm. um, you will find love because people who are a lot of times people who say that they have denied themselves, they're not, they're not denying themselves. Mm-hmm. They've been denied. Mm-hmm. Meaning they, they tried to grab hold of life and they're losing it. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's produced a type of despair in them. And and so they've been robbed of joy. Yeah, and I want to like make sure our listeners and our our watchers know this that it's okay if you're in that spot. Like, it's okay if you're in that spot. It's not okay to stay in that spot. And here's what what this passage that he's talking about with Peter and on the water. There's something that Peter does here that a lot of us don't do is that he does cry for help. Right? We we just said cry for help. And a lot of the times you just don't know how you don't know how to cry for help. And sometimes it's okay to just say, God, help me. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay to be, it's okay to look at yourself and say, Hey, I'm broken and I need help right now. I know for me for the longest time and struggles with sin, I was just like, it's okay. I have God. And then, you know, again, false humility, yeah. not there. It took me until August of this, of 2021, I was sitting at this conference and, and I sat there and I realized whoa, I have never told myself that I'm broken mm. and that I need help. And Bible Belt culture, all these people, all you blue collar people who are listening, I'm talking to me too because I grew up in that environment. The pull your up by your own bootstraps mm-hmm. understanding is horrible for your walk with Christ. I mean, mm. it is like, well, it's contrary to when, it. <laughs> when you say the words, I can fix this. Yeah. Which you, which is our people. That's how that's the culture we grew up in. Yeah, it is. That that a person who anybody who's anybody mm-hmm. should be able to right. fix it. And, and let me tell you and if stop. You, if you can <laughs> if you can fix it, then you don't need a savior. Right. So let yourself be like Peter. I'm broken. Lord, I 
don't want to read my yeah. Bible every day. Lord, I am sick of reading your word. Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go on through life. But I know that you give life, Lord, and I don't know what that looks like. Please show me. Or maybe you're in that spot and you don't even know how to talk to God about that. Come to your pastors. Come to someone who's further along in their walk with you maturity-wise. doesn't have to be by age. But just say, I'm tired. I'm broken. I don't know what to do. Will you please help me? I will tell you right now, anybody who is in church leadership, like anybody who loves God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, not even in church leadership, anybody who loves God truly and loves people because of that, they will walk alongside you. There is hope. Look to God. Like what do you, like yeah. what Troy's saying, look at Jesus in the face and say, Hey, I'm broken and I'm not going to lie. I don't want you right now. And I'm really scared. And the world around me is really scary. And I don't know how to fix any of it. Yeah. Jesus isn't going to go, well, good luck. Hope you don't drown. Yeah. You know, he's not going to do that. He's going to, he's going to say, Hey, I died on the cross for you and I still love you and I'm gracious and I'm good and you're my child and let me help you and let me pull you up. And, and yeah. it will be hurtful. Like and sometimes you will be rebuked. And don't miss something that's really important in this passage. I don't know. If, have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? I always go for movies. No. Oh, my goodness. I know. Sorry. Wow. Have you, man, you, I, man, Josh, I just don't know what to do with you anymore. I know. Well, you to, you not watch, for much longer. Anyway, <laughs> you have to watch Groundhog Day. Add that to your list. <laughs> okay. Um, because we watch Groundhog Day so many times. <laughs> the, um, um, but it's about a guy who uh, lives the same day over and over and over again. And it's Groundhog Day. Oh, wait. Maybe I've okay. heard it's, of this. It's or Bill Murray. Clips. Yeah, he, he wakes oh, up every morning. Okay, yeah. He, uh, yeah. 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 So. I've watched it. And kid, uh, but... anyway, so it's a uh, Puxatani film. Uh-huh. And he goes, anyway, it's a it's an iconic movie. It's anyway, it's been around for a while. The uh, But anyway, that I, I think that one of the things that is interesting about that movie is that because he lives the same day over and over again, he, first of all, he just uh, hates it, tries mm-hmm. to fight it and so forth. But then after he realizes this is how it's going to happen, he tries to make the most of it. He learns how to mm-hmm. play the piano. He he tries to he every day he tries to make it better than mm-hmm. the day before. And one of the things that's in there that sometimes we miss is that that is really the way life is supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be lived one day at a time. Yeah. We think in term we're always thinking in terms of future past, mm-hmm. but we always live in the now. Yeah. It's never it's never that way. So when you wake up, the way God has designed the world, designed you and I. Mm-hmm. Is that we wake up every day? Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, no matter at some point you're gonna fall asleep, even if you try not to. I mean, it's physically right. not possible. It's kind of like water and breathing. Mm-hmm. You have to have water to live. You have to breathe to live. You have to sleep. Everybody has to sleep, and that means you have to wake up. And when you wake up, your day is now new. Mm-hmm. And when uh, it's like when Jeremiah says, "Morning by morning, new mercies I seek." Mm-hmm. And there, Jesus is saying, "Take up your cross daily." Mm-hmm. And He says, "And when you pray, pray this way. You know, give us this day our daily bread." He's He's building, and He says, "Don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of his own." All these different things that He's saying is He's saying life is lived in days, in mm-hmm. one day at a time. And so when you take up your cross every day, what that means is is that every day you should release. Everything that's happened to you up to this point, mm-hmm. you have grace that covers it. You've been forgiven. Sin's been paid for. So now you have a newness of life. Today's mistakes are going to be their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're not yep. yesterday's mistakes that you have to repeat today. Um, and you don't have to. And tomorrow you may not get the opportunity to correct it. So this is it. This is your moment. Live this day. Mm-hmm. And and then he says, which is very hard. He said, so you have every day you have to make the decision. I'm not going to live for me. Mm-hmm. This yeah. day is not going to be lived for me. I'm going to give this day to God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to him, and I'm going to trust him that I can 
give it to him because it's kind of like tithing, you know, and giving our money to whatever. It's I'm giving this day to him because I trust and believe that mm-hmm. he is who he says he is. Yeah. And I have eternity in mm-hmm. front of me so I can live this day for him. And then when I get to the end of the day, I kind of evaluate whether I did that or not. I go to bed. I wake up the next day. And we do it all over again until one day I do wake up in, in a different place and so yeah. forth. But it's the same process. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually just I'm learning how to live in heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm because in heaven, and I, I try to make this point to people all the time. It's like you know, it's like I, I don't know how I'm going to eat today, or I don't know I don't know where I'm going to get the money to buy the clothes. I don't even know what I'm going to wear today, mm-hmm. and all these different things. I say, and so it's like, who do you think's going to provide that for all eternity? Yeah, and who do you think is going to give you, um, how, you know, it's like, do you, are you worried about when you die? How you're going to get around? What kind of car you're going to have? Are you going to worry about your retirement, Social Security? Are you going to worry about your, uh, you know, where food source is going to be? Price of gasoline? Mm-hmm. Are you going to worry about that for all eternity? And people always say, well, no, I won't worry about it when I get there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, who's in charge of there? Right. And then I'll be like, well, God. And like, well, who's in charge of here? Right. <laughs> and so why do you think it's going to be different? It, it, the only thing that's going to be different is you. Because mm-hmm. he's going to be the same. Right. So the only thing that can change now is me. Mm-hmm. I can decide that I'm not going. I'm going to be someone who wakes up every day and says I'm in heaven, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm in. An, I'm, a, I'm an eternal person, and I'm gonna. So I'm gonna give myself to God uh, today, and which is what Jesus did. Jesus laid his life down. He took up his cross. Why? Because he knew that his Father would raise him up, and he believed that, and so he. And he's just saying, you're not above your teacher. You have to do the same thing. So, mm. anyway. Yeah, that's good. It is, uh, yeah, and that's why it's such a, Luke is a powerful gospel. It uh, is. And so, anyway, if you haven't seen the Jesus film, like me, ask, like, like, <laughs> like Josh, <me. laughs> I, this isn't even the Passion of the Christ. The Jesus film is like the most watched movie of all time. But anyway, um, um, available in every language. One time. Every language The movie Josh plays speaks. out in my head when I read it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Jesus film was based on the Gospel of Luke. So it's it's a it's a good 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 movie to watch. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's all we got for this segment. But we are going to come back and we're going to answer some questions. So please return to the Understanding Jesus podcast. Welcome to the question and answer segment of the Understanding Jesus podcast, where. We ask questions and we answer them. I don't know how else to make that yeah. more. Usually Josh asks. Usually Josh has questions, but, but we answered all of Josh's questions in, we did. The, in the conversation. So, yep. So how exciting for that. But here, <laughs> here are two questions uh, that are asked on a routine basis. The first one comes from Joshua when the um, – and it's really just kind of a misconception to try to clarify. Uh, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant is to be carried across the Jordan River. And so it says that when they step out onto it, that they are then the water will recede or whatever. Um, and and so it's an act of faith. In my this is in my mind's eye, I always had. In fact, I, I think I've even shared it in sermons before. I get this idea: the first guy that as he steps, that because if you stumble mm-hmm. with the ark of the covenant, you try to catch it, you, you'll die, you know, or whatever. So it's like this. So he's like. But he's not walking on the water. He's just <laughs> stepping on top of it. 
And it's saying that when as soon as his foot dips into the water, mm-hmm. and it's just so it's not like this really. And the 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 water has overflowed its banks, so it's kind of flood water. So it's kind of if you've ever been around flooded flood waters or whatever, a lot of times you step into the water yeah. in a shallow area before. It's just saying that just start walking across the water, and as soon as you go into the water, God pulled the waters back. Yeah, which is miraculous oh, yeah. or whatever. But it, I did, I think I built up all this this magical moment mm-hmm. of the because you say the most difficult person to be would be that first guy. Yeah, but really, uh, the not that it was the emphasis is not on how much faith it took for him mm-hmm. to actually stick his foot in the water, but on the fact that they as a people they did pick up the ark mm-hmm. and they did step forth and then God. They did what God said by taking that first step, and then God did what he said he would do. And there is that, and, and we call that a step of faith. Yeah. And so that's, uh, and it's just a, a nice metaphor for many things, but it's not that uh, that step of faith doesn't necessarily mean that you will die if yeah. you, you know. Uh, but and you might, uh, yeah. and that might be the end of your story, but <laughs> like, at least you did it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I took the step right? because it would be different saying, well, I'm not good. Obviously I'm going to wait right. for the waters to recede before right. I do it. But that's not how this God did it. Going. He yeah. asked them to take the step before he, they, he asked, and God does that. He yeah. will ask us to do something. And it says, and then I will respond mm-hmm. to it. Now, that's not me saying you should quit your job and then God will give you the job. <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. Unless God says unless that. Unless he tells you to unless do that. Unless he tells you to do that. <laughs> right. And then you should be sure that it's God. Mm-hmm. And you know how you'll know it was God? Because he'll do what he says he does. <laughs> and if he did, and the waters didn't recede, well, obviously Joshua didn't hear God because <laughs> right. God always does what he says he will do. Right. Always. God always does what he says he will do. And so the marker is, and he's got plenty of evidence to prove mm-hmm. it. So the marker is always if you think God is talking to you, and you do something, and it does not happen as you heard God say, mm-hmm. then here's the truth. You did not hear right. God say it. That's yeah. that's what God that's is revealing true. that moment. This wasn't me. Mm-hmm. You were hearing something else. You were, And I've done that before. Oh, I have thought that, oh, my goodness, God wants me to do this, and I did it. And then the thought, thing I thought God was going to do didn't happen. Well, then all I knew in the process was that was not God. Right. And he will allow things like that to teach you. This, this is, is what I how, sound like. This is yeah. how I do things. Mm-hmm. That is not how I do things. Yeah. This is how I do things. And uh, and this is how I speak to you. This is how I communicate yeah. with you. And so now you know that wasn't me. And mm-hmm. so when it is him, it will usually maintain a certain pattern of yeah. the way God does things because he's consistently God. Um, so anyway, that's in Joshua. The other passage uh, is a little bit more of uh, one that uh, I get asked quite a bit and, and a question that comes up where he says uh, in verse 27, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And when you hear that, you're thinking, wait a second. Uh, the kingdom of God <laughs> is that we're still, we, we are reading into that verse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The idea is that, well, is he saying that there are some people here who will be here until I return? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what he's saying, obviously. Again, if he was saying that, then they would still be alive, <laughs> and he, he hasn't returned. Because, so he's not saying that. So what is he saying? Well, it, it, the, it's in the text uh, what he's saying, uh, because he's saying to them uh, that, uh, truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. In the very next verse, it says, about eight days after this conversation, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray, mm-hmm. and then the transfiguration occurs. Mm-hmm. And so Luke himself is saying, now the kingdom of God is being revealed yeah. to them, 
and these are the three that did not taste death until he, he says, you're going to see the kingdom of God come. Uh, and, and this is where we get this idea of that the kingdom of God did come mm-hmm. when Jesus was here. But we have this famous phrase, um, already not yet tension. Mm-hmm. And the already not yet tension means that, yes, in many ways, the kingdom of God arrived in Jesus' first coming. There were lots of aspects of it. And if you think of it like this, it's like uh, Paul gives us this idea with the parousia. Uh, A parousia is when, as a a term to describe when the king would go away on a journey, and then when he would return, um, the people would leave the city gates and go out to meet him, and and then they would come in as there would be a trump, the, the trumpet would sound, uh, that the king is coming, the people would hear the trumpet sound, they'd mm-hmm. storm out the city gates, run out to the hillside, meet up with him, he would usually be on a white horse, and then the people would come into the city with him, and then the people who were awaiting judgment were either excited that he's returning because now they would get justice, finally, mm-hmm. because they had been unjustly accused, yeah. or not so excited mm-hmm. because they were guilty, and yeah. now their moment of guilt would be, uh, his wrath would be poured out, and, and so they'd been just ho- waiting for that. And so this is the picture we have of the return of Christ. But the idea is he's already established his kingdom. He is the king. He's not going to become king. All authority has been given to him. Um, But um, he is going to return in glory. And so, I mean, we have this picture all the time. The the king, I always think of King Richard uh, in in Robin, the cartoon Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. Uh, King Richard was away and see a Prince John. Who's, uh, which is actually based on true events, even though Prince John wasn't a tiger and Robin <laughs> wasn't a fox. But the, um, but you have this idea that uh, we're waiting for King Richard to return, so justice will be established. Well, same, same thing it is with Jesus. Uh, same thing it is in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So, there, just had to throw that in for Josh's sake. Yep. I've got a list of. <laughs> I don't know what you're waiting for. We've had COVID. We've had all <laughs> kinds of shutdowns where you have plenty of time to catch up on all these movies and you didn't take advantage of it. I just, just don't like TikTok movies. Is, TikTok is burning your brain up. I'm just going to... Movies are burning your brain whatever, up. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Read I will, the Bible, Troy. I will take... Well, I, would, I will take the Jesus film over a TikTok video marathon. I'm sure any I probably would too, but... Yeah. I told you the Jesus film plays in my head when I read the whatever, Bible. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> That's where I read all right. the NLT. <laughs> okay well anyway josh's time with us is ticking down it so is two more anyway, podcasts i know that we'll make the most of it we will we'll have fun we will. With it. all right anyway thank you guys for joining us and we have uh i hope you'll i hope you will start reading the bible with us and if you haven't been reading the bible with us you can join in right now just go to our website at fbcj.us uh go to i don't know push push buttons till you find it uh <laughs> but i think some resources or something but you mm-hmm. find a uh, reading plan and uh, and it'll have the reading plan uh, that you can follow along with us. If you follow the reading plan uh, every day, then you will have read through the Bible in one year. Uh, you do not have to start in January 1. You can start today and then read through a year from now. You will have read the Bible through. Uh, and sometimes it's better that way because you don't have to start with Genesis 1 and, and, all, and end with Revelation 22 or whatever. But uh, you'll kind of loop around. Yeah. But um, whatever the case, uh, the main thing is we are reading God's Word. We are spending time in the Word of God, getting to know Him. That's how we get to know Him. So I would invite you to join it. And also, if you want to go back and listen to previous podcasts, uh, we have been through this now. It's our third time around. So you can go hear different perspectives on different passages um, with different guests, um, all in all, all in our reservoir of 
of podcasts, uh, all available on our website at fbcj.us. But until then, we will see you next time on Understanding Jesus.